the Lord for the messages that went before. Emphasis on glory. Emphasis on sin. Those are part of revival preaching. Our brother's message on repentance. And then Brother Tom Hayes coming every night, putting it all together. But I was greatly exercised yesterday evening as I came to this church. Just sat in the back and listened as our brother Stacy Lane, as I listened to him preach. Power God on that young man, and I thank God for it. The desire of my heart as I get down at uh, this end of it, looking back, is to pray that God will raise up young men across America. That'll take the torch and go with it. And he'll raise up missionaries who'll take it and go across the world. That's why I'm interested in this college that I believe has the right message. There's so many <clears throat> that do not in our day. It's good to see the two of the brethren that have come down from Burlington, good friends. It's so good to have them in the service. And uh, as Brother Tom said the other night, you fellas can be scotchers. Keep us from rolling back, you know. Scotch for us. Probably preach. We've been preaching on the God of revival. You can't have revival without the God of revival. Burlington, I haven't found anyone these years I've been there that had made from one to a dozen professions in somebody's church. If I could just find somebody's loss, I try to help them. Most folks think profession is what it is. Profession is true or false. Confession is always true. New Testament. I make statements now that I'm going to make because I care a burden. Preachers. Uh, concerning preachers of this hour. That have missed the message. Of Christ the gospel. That's set forth in the scriptures. There's a lot of things that I wouldn't fight you over. <clears throat> whether you're free or whether you're this or whether you're that, I wouldn't fight you over that. But I'll fight you over the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not the death, burial, resurrection. It is the Christ who died. The Christ who was buried. The Christ who arose. Christ is the gospel. And the gospel is Christ. Why don't we preach it then? 
churches are filling hell with their preaching of something that's below what the Bible teaches. And they call it soul winning or evangelism. Hear me carefully now. If you listen to the average preacher in this state, he will damn your soul as sure as you'll put my hand high. I give you these statements I'm going to make before we start. Because there's some going away from meetings like this and they said Brother McGuire didn't have a passion for souls. He doesn't love souls. I'm here to tell you while you sleep I pray. I'm here to tell you I'm interested in souls. I long for the day when folks will get tired of all the mess and seek us out but I believe we'll tell them the truth there's some principles of evangelism I want to give you New Testament evangelism God operates by principle they're clearly laid down in the scriptures number one is the flesh must die That's New Testament principle. As long as we have parading of the flesh and the bragging of the notches on evangelism, God will not be in ten miles of it. The flesh must die. The only way that God is found to save a sinner is to kill him first and to raise him from the dead. Second principle. Boy, this is one. Folks don't laugh. The law of God must lay the groundwork. The old timers used to preach for about three weeks on the law. And then they got to the gospel. They were shutting folks up to God. In this day we've thrown the law out the window. Who told you to do that? The Bible didn't. The Bible says that the law is our schoolmaster, our teacher to lead us to Christ. Amen. We better get back to preaching the law. Good application was it with our brother McElroy. He'd going at it this morning. <laughs> Amen. Third principle is that Christ must be proclaimed. <clears throat> Who he is and what he does. What he did. What he did and what he does. That must be clearly proclaimed who Christ is fourth principle the Holy Ghost must conquer the heart God never enters the heart till he conquers the heart 
And we talk about Bible-reading Christians and giving Christians and church-going Christians. I'm here to tell you there's no other kind. That's the only kind. And your carnal Christian idea. You can't find that in the Bible. Thank you, Dr. Lucilius, for setting us on that. Oh, I've heard this, you know, that God never crosses the wheel now of the sinner. Why, he, if he didn't cross our wheels and invade our wheels, we'll all go to hell. He crosses the wheel at the point of rebellion. And folks who are disturbed about freedom of the world, well, my friends, you don't want any more freedom you got. God is constraining you now. If he cuts you loose, you'll go to hell. He gives, gives a man more freedom than he can handle. And he cuts him loose in his sin and he goes to hell. That's the way goddamn souls. He lets them go the way they want to go. Fifth principle is this. Now hear me carefully. After all I've said, the lost must respond to the gospel. Man is absolutely depraved. But he is absolutely responsible. God will not repent for you and God will not bleed for you. You can't repent and you can't come. But you've got to come. You've got to come. Boy, we're in a mess, aren't we? we got to have help from above. What about old Noah? Was he elect or non-elect? Somebody said he was elect. If he hadn't built that ark, he'd have drowned it. Amen. <laughs> he had to do it. Boy, that's why I'm excited when power gets down in a service. I know then that two things can happen. Number one, God's people can get help. Number two, sinners can get in. Sinners are made willing in the day of God's power. Throw the rest of it away. Well, that won't cost you any more. We've been preaching about the God of revival. We told you that sinners are in the hand of an angry God. He's angry with the wicked every day. 
Not with just their sin as we interpret that. The wicked. God is angry with the wicked. And then we flipped it over. Not only sinners in the hands of an angry God, but God in the hands of angry sinners. They hate him. You preachers wonder why they hate you and the message you preach? It's because they hate God. The Bible says they hate him. If they could, they'd pull him down off his throne. Boy, he wouldn't be saved in the hands of some folk. And then, of course, the example is our Lord Jesus Christ. By wicked hands, you have taken crucified. We preached yesterday to you on staring God right in the eye. Staring God right in the eye. So, we preached to you on the justice of God. We preached to you on the fact that God sees everything. He's an omniscient God. We come this morning to the God who does not turn. The God who does not turn. He's the God of revival. James chapter 1 verse 17. James chapter 1 verse 17. The God who does not turn. <coughs> every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no verbalness, neither shadow of turning. I want to talk to you about a God who does not turn. Let your Bible be open at Psalm 80. Although God is a God who does not turn, He turns us. Look at verse 3. Tell us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Verse 3. Verse 7. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Verse 19. Turn us again, O God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Oh God is eternal. That's the truth we come to this morning. He's a God that does not change. He's an unchangeable one. Yet, he's one who turns men to himself. Isn't he something? He's a God of redemption. This God who is sovereign, this God who made the world, this God that we told you about is a just God. This God we're looking straight in the eye. This is a God of mercy in turning folks to himself. Grace is God giving you what you do not deserve. But mercy is God withholding what you do deserve. In mercy he withholds. What a great God he is. Oh, he's a God that turns men. 
He's a God that turns our hearts for the sake of some that are here. Let me say this. Every man that I've ever depended on in the ministry. I've pastored four churches. Every man I've leaned on. God has taken him away. God wants us to serve him for himself. That's what Christianity is all about. It's God himself. It's hard to get folks to come to a meeting where God is the only attraction. You got a circus going on, you can get them. You just preach God. <laughs> Is that all he's going to ever preach? <laughs> well, when I get through with that subject, I'll try something else. That's a pretty big one. This God has never gained any power. He has it all. He's never learned anything. He knows it all. He's never been anywhere. He's everywhere. This is the God of revival. Doesn't he know we need revival? Doesn't he know all these mean rascals are crawling out? Doesn't he know it's a desperate hour? Doesn't he know that wickedness is coming in like a flood? Looks like it's going to run over us. Sure he does. But he's always give revival in the darkest hour. As the pastor David said, God is a sovereign God, but he never sends revival to people who are not waiting and longing and praying for it to come. I don't know about you. I believe everything run along on schedule time. Seth. <laughs> I believe God doing right, don't you? I think he knows what he's doing. I was hoping some of our black brethren, they were here in the meetings. I hope they'd be here this morning, but none of them are here. But <clears throat> old colored mammy, she, uh, she was married to one of those rascals who wouldn't work. She kept him up a long time. Finally he died. So they used to set up with the dead. You know how they used to do that? You, you young people don't know anything about that. But they used to set up with the dead. See if they were really dead, you know. <laughs> at the homes. They were setting up with this old fella. It wouldn't work. And during the night, of course, all the people gathered to kind of give her comfort in this kind of thing. Why, she's 
making eyes at another one already. <laughs> and so somebody over the night said, Hey, I don't believe your husband's dead. I believe I saw him move. She said, Dead or alive, he's going out of here on scheduled time in the morning. <laughs> fix trying to defend God don't we yeah. God's going to get in a mess you know and we, we got to get him out of it I'm here to tell you he needs no defenders why last I heard he's taking care of himself doing fine he's running this thing There among the Indians, when you're alone, and nobody give comfort. God's thing. On the lonely road, brother Tom. God's along the way. And pastor, I have a pastor's heart. That's why I go back to the pastor. Pastor. When it looks like everything's going out. And it looks like nothing's working right. God's there. I preached this old book when heaven melted everything before me. And subdued everything. And folks were afraid to go home. And they're afraid to move. I was too. And when I finally got my car and headed out, I could hear a voice say, Frank, the gospel ran well. Then I preached it when all hell broke out. Folks were walking out of the church. They'd tell me how much they hated me. And I got in the same car. I could hear that voice saying, Frank, the gospel ran well. I'm telling you, things are running on schedule. It's not behind, and it's not running ahead. It's running on schedule. Uh, Old Jonathan Edwards said, find out the way the Redeemer's going. Go that way. Go that way. I shudder when I hear professing Christians, preachers, and missionaries reject the sovereignty of God and the justice of Almighty God. I had one to say to me, you're not preaching the high truths I'm preaching to you now. He came to me and he said, I'll have you know, Brother McGuire, that my God is a God of love. Just like love swallowed up all the rest of God's attributes. And I said, okay, you have a one-dimensional God. You got him in your pockets, haven't you? Folks want to put him in a box. I tell you, you try to help God up and he'll jump out every time. <laughs> Why, we thought in Burlington, these fellows here from Burlington, Brother Ken's been there often. 
And we thought we had everything fixed up on the mission program. And this thing had been going among the churches. And we have cooperation among the churches. And we headed in now to the 20th year, something like that. And we do it in March. We thought we had it all fixed up. And we were getting folks in and all this. And, you know, God just jumped over everything. Went over there to a little mill village. Got a hold of a boy. Been in trouble with the law. <clears throat> saved him. Just a few hours after he saved, he had to go to work. He had to be a witness for Christ just as soon as he went to work. And he went to Piedmont night school for just a little bit. Just enough to hear some missionaries. God spoke to him about going to Brazil. And he'd squall and cry in that mill village. I'd go by that house and look at it a whole lot. And uh, <coughs> Kenneth Cates didn't know where it's hot or cold in Brazil. So he'd get him a blanket and go out behind the house in the winter and sleep outside. He thought it was cold down in Brazil. Hear the cries of the people there. God sent him there and along the Amazon River. There's some twelve churches. Boy wades in mud up to his knees. He went to one house seventy times. The last time he went, the man was saved, opened up the area for him. Don't let up in your compassion now. What's called the old truths, the old Calvinistic truths, if they have not the power of God on them, they are dead, 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 dead. Throw them away. They don't have God on them. Kenneth Cates preaches the old truths, brother. He carries a copy of Spurgeon with him that way. He goes up and down that river. <laughs> and you it's amazing. All you have to say when you meet him, talk to him, is God. God's done something to that boy. I went back to my church after being seated on his ordination. And I told them, I said, I don't know about you, but I'm going to support him myself. When you think you've got it all nailed down, God pulls up all the nails and does it a different way. The more we search the scriptures, the deeper we go with God, the more we know about Him, see how worthy He is of our worship. The more we know Him and adore Him, we see how adorable He is. We honor him because he's honorable. We love him because he's altogether the lovely one. His majesty fills the world. His wisdom governs our lives. His mercy forgives our sins. His immutability keeps us, preserves us. Boy, I like his immutability. That's something that never runs out of itself. Immutability. 
The God who is enough. The God who is enough. His omnipotence holds us firmly. <laughs> firmly. God is. God has always been. God will always be. And God is ever the same in his eternal being. I'm trying to tell you that God is unchangeable. I've seen men change and women change. I've seen folks come by my side in these many years and say, Preacher, where you preach, I'll stand with you. I'm going to go with you till death. I've watched them walk away. But I tell you what. Since I've saved at nine years old, there's one been with me. He never left me. I tell you, I wouldn't take anything for him. I know him, but the greatest thing is that he knows me. He knows me. He's a God that does not turn. He can be trusted to remain as he reveals himself to be. Unchangeable in his attributes. By the way, when you preach the attributes of God, be sure and remember that God is tender in his attributes. God can be trusted in his attributes. God is transcendent in his attributes. He is a God who never turns. Unchangeable. I'm saying to you young Christian now, the God who once loved us in Christ shall not change his mind kick you out <laughs> he loves us He loves you so much he'll not let you get by with your sin. God will not begin to classify as permissive something he formally prohibited. Why, that used to be sin, but it's not sin now. You know how folks uh, try to get by that. What used to be sin, still sin. God is unchangeable. God is inescapable. Psalm 139 said you can't get away from him. 
He said, if I ascend into heaven, thou art there. And if I go down to hell, thou art there. And if I look at the morning, when the first light of the morning hits the day, he said, lo and behold, God's on the wings of it as he comes in. <laughs> He's everywhere. Can't get away from it. Mr. Fletcher. Some of you fellas ought to read some of these Methodists. It wouldn't hurt you. Old man Fletcher, Holy Fletcher, who believed God, who worked with John Wesley. Old man Fletcher, who was holy and people knew it. And folks hated him in the community. They set a trap for him. And they got an old mean bull and had it out there. And they knew he was going to meet out there with people. And they had it all fixed up. And at a certain time, it's going to let it loose on the crowd. So it'd get him. And they had wild dogs. And they had them fixed so that they could let them out. So they'd get him. But at the time this was take place, old man Fletcher was praying for a family who had lost a little child. And the old bull got restless. And God got to pushing that old bull and he came out of there and the wild dogs got out. I like to eat those fellas up. And they got to the place they were on the ground crying mercy. 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 Don't you touch God's anointed. Amen. You let God do that. You let God take care of that. Boy, after that, they sent for old Fletcher. <laughs> They're glad to see him. inescapable he doesn't move away and he doesn't die he's ever the same those who think they can ignore him they cannot he will not be ignored you must come face to face with him he's the inescapable God Somebody said, one of these days we're going out to judgment. Oh, you're in judgment now. You're in it now. Somebody said that when the Lord comes, he's going to be king. He's king now. that this Savior is going to be Lord when he comes. He's Lord now. I wish this crowd that denies the Lordship of Jesus Christ find it out. We mentioned some of those yesterday morning. Snatching the crown off the head of the Lord Jesus. They'll not escape that. 
we're led to say that we should seek and worship the true God. He is the God of revival. We're to worship and obey Him. Reject all other false gods. What was all this business about down in Egypt? False gods and the true God. What was all these prophets writing about? False God and true God. God's going to fix it so folks recognize he's God. And this little puny thing, folks run around, they say, well, God won't send anybody to hell. Who do you think is going to furnish the transportation? He's the one made hell. He's the one that says stay out of hell. And he's going to put folks in hell. I'm not happy about it. I'm tore up about it. But it's true, my friends. We live in an age that folks do not believe that hell is real. We better tell them that hell is no joke. Hell is no joke. Oh, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible place. The invisible God is made visible. The inscrutable God is made knowable. The eternal God is disclosed. We see him in Christ. We see him in Christ. I'm turning now to Romans chapter 11. Hundreds of thousands of times I've put down this verse as I pin a letter to somebody. Chapter 11 and verse 36. Here's the conclusion the Apostle Paul comes to. Look at it. For of him and through him and unto him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. All to see God in Christ is to know him as God, to love him as God, to serve him as God, to worship him as God. Have you wondered why the point of controversy always arrives at Christ? Because God has all his eggs in one basket. He got them all right there. Any son? Any son? So the eye of the storm always comes there. It always comes there. He can by no means clear the guilty, and yet he is merciful and gracious to the sons of men. He is high, and yet he has respect to the lowly. He is a God of vengeance, and yet he's good to those who trust in him. He is high, holy, 
holy and the lofty one who inhabits eternity and yet he lives in an humble contrite heart. The soul that sinneth it shall die and yet one can repent and come to Christ as God turns him to the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm wondering what's happened to the office of the Holy Spirit in our day. We believe we can do it. One, two, three, bingo. And when we do it and get them, they're no good. If you get them that way. God is love and tender-hearted and yet sovereign. He is so sovereign that he demands a response from men. And as our brother preached from Texas, the commands of the gospel goes forth. Repent. Believe. That's a command. That's not an invitation. That's a command from God. The soul that sinneth it shall die, and yet... God graciously moves upon the heart and one can live. He is so sovereign that he made man responsible. And I've been in some outfits and preached and they didn't want man to have anything to do at all. They didn't want him to respond. They're about to hang me before I got through preaching. I hate what's called hyper-Calvinism with a passion. And they go to measuring out little drops of blood. I hate that. You only have one God. You remember he's going to do right now. Never has done wrong. But I'm here to tell you he's a God of redemption. He's a God that hung his son on an old bloody cross. And when he moves on the heart, he expects response. And I tell you, that's all right with me. He won't do that. Is that all right with you? balance of truth is not a great canyon it's a razor's edge God's sovereign alright but man responsible and if you do not act on the truth you've heard you're in trouble Old David Brainerd ministered five years among the Indians. Dr. Finnegan preached here last night telling about places up there. David Brainerd said, I came to the place where I saw that God demanded me to repent and to have faith. And he said, I didn't have any. And he argued with God about that. 
but he still had to respond. Still had to respond. You tell me you believe in the old doctrines of grace and you don't believe in missions? You don't believe the gospel's got to go into all the world? It's got to go. Out of every tribe, tongue, people, the elect are coming. We're to get it to them, brother. Somebody got it to you. If you're not interested in missions, something wrong. I went to old revival in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and they had, boy, they had them drilled in this this thing of of the old doctrines. This man had his people drilled in it. He'd heard I'd preached a message on the sovereignty of God and wanted me to get me down there, so I went down. And I got there and sized that thing up, and I went into the homes every night. I'd asked them what they believed. And they said, John Owen said this. So-and-so said this. And this one said that. So on like that. And finally over the week I said, I got news for you. Puritans are dead. All these people you're talking about dead. They asked me one question. What night are you going to preach on election? I said, I'll get to it. So they dragged around. And uh, long about Wednesday night, I said, uh, don't you fill this house up tomorrow night? going to preach on election. Boy, they did. They filled that place completely full, Brother Bob. <laughs> so I started in Ephesians. And I said, elections on one end, holiness on the other. And I let in preach the Bible message on holiness, that crowd. And I said, if you don't have holiness, don't you worry about the election. You don't have it. You lost. Brother McGuire, how can you tell if you're through the gate? Are you on the way? When God conquers the heart, he puts wholeness in there. So you walk straight. The gospel comes in the air, goes down to the heart, comes out the mouth, gets in the feet. Makes you walk straight. He's a God who does not turn, and yet the psalmist said, Turn us. Turn us, O God. Turn us. Isn't that the cry we have in our hearts now? Turn us, O God. Turn us once again. In our churches. Back to the real thing, not counterfeits. We've had enough of them. We've had enough circuses coming through. That won't work. We've done everything men say to do and that won't work. Let's get back to what God says. Well, that'll work. 
That'll work. God bless you for listening.